0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Faith Talk, where we talk all things theology, religion, and life's tough questions. I'm Oliver Robles, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Peyton Arnett.
1: saying it sturdy. It's just like that, that sentence. He's getting it out carefully. <laughs> yep.
0: With a big old period at the end. <laughs> and today, we are joined by a very special guest. Um, he is the pastor at the Reach Church in Puyallup. Please welcome Pastor David Tijerina.
2: Yeah, there you go. Right. Well, good to be on with you guys. A little applause. Yes.
0: So, Pastor David, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Uh, we really appreciate it.
2: No problem. My my privilege. Uh, uh, what a, a blessing it is to be with you guys. Uh, I, I think more. I wish more people would be doing this. I actually just started um, a few months ago uh, online discipleship classes with with a lot of my leaders because you know we're everyone's so busy, but we have to make time for discipleship. And so I, I left the option of, "Hey guys, I, I need to touch base with you guys weekly." So we started a Zoom class every uh, Tuesday night at seven o'clock. Uh, I have a lot of them sick tonight, so that's why we we're able to cancel it.
1: It's that season, isn't so, yeah. it?
2: It's just kind of going around. Yeah. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. It is going around. But I think what that's one of the biggest things is, is, is a, a lack of discipleship in our nation, man. And I'm, I'm sure you guys could see it. Uh, a lot of old churches just dying out because they never learned to discipleship to, to disciple. And one uh, what, what of the things I've been teaching, I don't know if I can jump into this. I guess I just started talking here. But, you know, one of the, the, the biggest things that um, – churches fail to do is to disciple men and women i think a lot of churches will put people in ministry and call it discipleship but that's just a ministry uh it it's part of discipleship but it's not discipleship discipleship is to me anyways it's, it's teaching people the basic principles of following christ which is you know reading the word of god daily praying daily uh and evangelize, sharing sharing the gospel, making those connections that that we spoke about earlier. Just just getting out there and and uh, and sharing your faith, living your faith, and and being that exampleship. But but another thing is is leadership. You know, leadership is not a born trait in everyone. People need to be taught leadership. They need to be taught how to actually. Um, build relationships with people. You know, one of the greatest things I I heard a quote saying, if you're a leader and no one's following you, I think you should change your title (laughs) because, (laughs) you know, it's like a shepherd with no sheep. Mm -hmm. You know, what what kind of shepherd is he? And so uh, it's important that we teach basic principles about leadership and One of the biggest things is making connections with people, whether introverted or extroverted. It's trusting Christ to push you beyond your boundaries and your limitations that you set on yourself. Because, you know, when we live for Christ, there is no limitations and there is no boundaries. We put those boundaries on ourselves. We actually limit what the Holy Spirit can do in our lives, not Mm -hmm. because God can't do it, but My mind can't comprehend it, and so I Mm. limit God by that. And so to me, leadership is teaching people, walking them hand in hand, and teach them, hey, dude, we're going to break boundaries. And you break those by renewing your mind. I I think that's one of the the biggest, that's what Paul said, that's what Jesus said. You know what, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. And so I got to break a lot of bad habits that I had that I built up And I've taken several classes on this. You can't break bad habits by trying to break a bad habit. You break a bad habit by forming new habits, by forming new good habits to replace those old bad habits that you had. And so that's one of the things that I'm working on with with my team of leaders is teaching them, hey, break those old habits by replacing them with new habits. Uh, And it takes about six months to really break a habit or actually to form a new habit to replace that old habit. So they're saying about four to six months. And so I don't have 12 things that I have to work on this year. If I could at least do two things, form two good habits this year, that's a lot that I have accomplished in my life. Hmm. Okay? Uh, people having uh, issues with uh, getting up in the morning, You know, your mind is smarter than the computer. Believe it or not, your mind is smarter than the computer. It's hard to comprehend that, but it really is. We only use a small portion, less than 10% of our brain that we use on a daily basis. But your brain is so smart that it trusts you. But if you lie to it, it stops trusting you. So what do I mean by that? If I set the alarm for 5 o'clock in the morning, my mind, and, and, and I've, I've been doing this lately, so I, I wanted to check it before I said it, my mind will wake me up a couple minutes before 5 o'clock because I said I was going to get up. If I get up, my mind will help me wake up, and it'll be alert. It'll be bright. But if I lie to it and I hit that alarm, I mean, that's news. I just lied to it and, and it learns not to trust me anymore. And that's why people wake up. They're drowsy. They're more tired than if they would have gotten up because they're lying to their brain. I know it's a, it's a hard thing. I, I just learned that in that uh, Christian counseling classes, but it's, it's really, it's, it's a mindset. It's changing your mindset and realizing, you know what? If I'm a Christian, I believe Jesus and his word says all things are possible to them that believe, then the unbelievers on my part that I need to change and I need to start believing them for the impossible. I need to begin to believe him that he's going to open doors that no man can shut. He's going to, I have to believe him that he's going to turn the, all this situation to the good. Okay? So that's one of the biggest things that I, I'm working with my group. Uh, uh right now so uh, i'm gonna pause for a moment with just uh, i'm sure you guys have a, a couple of questions you want to throw out there or maybe your, your your own input on that on those views
0: what yeah um it? oh go ahead oh go ahead. <laughs> uh, um the beauty of Zoom, but yeah so like you're saying <laughs> but like you were saying the whole mindset thing it's interesting the way you put that about how your brain trusts you until you lie to it And then I kind of want to add to, like, that mindset thing. Mindset is really important when it comes to, like, facing problems. One example that comes to my mind is, um, let's say, like, you have an addiction to, say, your phone, you're addicted to checking your phone, maybe scrolling through TikTok, and you want to quit it, right? But if you go into it with a mindset of it's an addiction that's going to be near impossible to quit, well, then guess what? It's going to be impossible to quit. Now. If you go into it with the mindset of say like it's just like junk food, well how you stop eating junk food? You just don't consume it. So if you go into it with that mindset of oh, I just don't have to consume it, suddenly it becomes less of an impossible addiction that's impossible to break and more of just I just need to put the phone down every once in a while, you know?
1: Yep. Well, yeah. And there, there's so many layers to this because we're talking about in a sense, in the church setting, this is about leadership and discipleship which are the two terms that we've been using. And the, my, my mind, having been learning Greek in the original text, is what, is what do those terms mean in the early church setting? Because one of the things I've noticed is how different the church today is versus what the church looked like at the beginning. And that, that term in Greek, matētēs uh, for, for student, is what we think of when we, we translate it as disciple, but it means student. And student means you're, you're learning. And we, we, it's almost like the, the leadership in the church are also teachers, and the church itself is also students. And we have to learn how to do things like break those bad habits. And I think when we have a mindset of teacher and student, which is the mindset the disciples had with Christ, we can learn to be better equipped to spread the gospel, to conquer our own problems, and to be a, a better church.
2: Wow, two great points, man. Oh, my gosh. So uh I, I want to touch up on both of them um so oliver on, on your point there's a scientist that that had a uh that that did this test uh he had five dogs, and so every day he would ring the bell and the dogs would come running and then he'd give them a snack, so they associated the bell with the snack and so now when he would ring the bell. They, they, they would begin to salivate because they wanted the snack. And so then he put them away for two years. He, 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 he took them to his, his other house, no bell or anything. And then he brought them, uh, uh, took a few weeks, but they finally broke it and they stopped associating the the snacks with the bell. And I think that's the same thing with, with what, what uh, just to add to what you said is that we have habits that we form and it's that bell going off and so the gratification comes when we say it's food or uh, the, the cell phone and so the gratification comes when I grab that and I eat it or, or I start looking at my cell phone that brings a fat, satisfaction to my brain and to my mind and so I have to disassociate that so whatever the bad habit is I have to disassociate that with uh, uh, by, by stop the gratification part of it So it's renewing my mind. And and that's what Romans 12 says. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so I have to retrain my mind not to do those things. And um, and paying on on the discipleship part, it's so true. There's such a lack. And uh, I think it's because of lack of leaders. Uh, One of the biggest things that I've learned in leadership is that I have to continually grow. I have to grow. If I don't grow, then I can't expect my people that are following me, that God has blessed me with, to grow. I can't expect the men around me to grow. So I'm, const- I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly uh, buying Audible books so that I could, uh, as I'm walking through uh, at my work, I'm listening to something. So I'm constantly filling up my mind with leadership or I'm, I'm playing the Bible in the background. But I'm constantly learning because as I'm growing, the men, the women around me, they're growing. But if I stop growing, they stop growing. And so I have to make sure that uh, I I remember a great old preacher said, I can't lead people to to places I haven't been myself. Mm. And so I can't lead people to the Garden of Gethsemane if I've never been there. I can't lead people to prayer if I'm not praying. Uh, Do we have time for a a short story? Um, yeah so there's these uh uh these uh swiss, uh swiss alps uh two guides uh died this was about a story about 20 22 years ago they they died uh up on top of the mountain and so they're interviewing the guide and, and he says well what happened he goes well our guides they are attached to safety lines to all the people that they're guiding up the mountain and he says uh, did they get lost or what happened? He goes, well, they were guiding these people. You know, somebody might've broken their legs. Someone might've crashed through, something happened and, uh, and it slowed them down and the storm was able to catch up to them. And so they begin to ask him, well, uh, uh, why didn't the guides come down on their own? He goes, because they, 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 they had people that they had to stay with. They, they, they weren't just, the guides could have survived but the people would have died, and so they made the sacrifice. And said, "You know what? We we are guiding these people. We we can't uh, uh, just leave them here." And uh, and so the interview is asking him. So so you, you're saying that this job, it it, it it it, you're putting your life on the line every time that you guide somebody up there. He goes, "Yes. There's crevices, There's there's cracks in the snow that you don't know about. You'll fall right through." you know, five, 10 stories through the ice and, and, and die. He goes, if there's so much danger, why do you continually go to the top? And so the the guide looks at the interview and says, obviously, you've never been to the top. <laughs> <laughs> and so unless you've seen the glory of Christ, it's hard to describe it. Unless you the power of the Holy Spirit running through your life and, and, and just seeing God do the impossible through your life it's it's hard to tell people how awesome your God is and so that's the power of the Holy Spirit wanting to work in our lives is that there's so much potential in your life and I've made it my life mission to draw out as much of those qualities through Christ that I can as a pastor, as a leader, because sometimes there's people that will go their entire lives not knowing their capabilities or their abilities. But I'm called and you're called, you're called to bring out those qualities in people's lives and saying, you know what, you have so much potential in your life I was just reading about oak trees. I'm originally from Michigan. Oak trees are these powerful, powerful, strong trees that that have deep roots. But here's the issue. People have been trying to grow them in pots. And so what happens is you limit them by the environment. Okay, There's nothing wrong with the seed, but the environment is affecting their growth. And one of the things as Christians is we need to break down those boundaries and, now, and not allow our environment to dictate, dictate our growth in Christ. And so there's a great seed in your life called the Holy Spirit. And he can do great things in your life, Oliver, in your life, Peyton, and, 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 and all your viewers or listeners, that there's so much potential in your lives and Christ is basically just waiting for someone to say here I am Lord use my life and as you begin to step out in faith like that you'll begin to see God's miracles you'll begin to see his signs and wonders where he blows you away and say wow God I never thought I would be doing this can I be honest with you guys I never thought I'd be pastoring that's one Secondly, I never thought I'd be pastoring in Washington State. <laughs> and so that, that's just how amazing God is. You know, that, that's the power of God. And, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit. When we submit our lives to him and say, Lord, use my life for the furtherance of the gospel.
1: It's powerful, too, because I love when you mentioned kind of the mountain and reaching the top of the mountain. Obviously, you've never reached the top. It reminded me of kind of earlier when we were talking about conquering something we're going through, and that's part of when we are either leading or discipling, we have to conquer what we're going through, too, especially to help people get through it. And one thing is kind of like we were talking about earlier, you can't conquer something by the sheer willpower of saying, I'm going to conquer this. What I've actually found, especially in my life, is it's not about focusing on the problem you're trying to conquer it's about focusing on christ and when you focus on christ the the problem suddenly isn't so big anymore and it's not as big of an issue and it's it's all about our mindset like we mentioned and about focusing on christ and when we focus on christ everything gets um not that big everything gets smaller in comparison to him because how big and powerful he is in our lives
2: right
0: yeah and one thing i want to add about how you mentioned you don't know what is what it feels like to experience Christ until you've experienced it. That's so true. Um, and kind of one of the analogies I want to draw is how you can never describe color to a blind person, to somebody right. who's been blind their whole life. You can't comprehend color unless you've seen it. Now, fortunately, Christ can open the the eyes of the blind. <laughs> so in a yeah. way you could say that we've all been blind, and he's opened our eyes to see his true colors,
2: Amen, and that's the power of the cross. And uh, gosh, baby, what you just said is so intense. Um, I'm not called <clears throat> to carry the burden. Uh, you know, camels. I, I was just I just ministered a sermon on this, and I, I wish I could remember the whole illustration. But uh, the the areas where they still use camels for transportation for for their goods and stuff like that. What they'll do those'll have five or six seven camels, but they'll put the burden on one camel, and that camel with that burden is able to uh keep up with the other camels, so it just makes their trip a lot faster. They can spread the burden, but it slows them down and so what happens though is this camel you know how how they store the water in, in their humps, okay, so it burns six to eight times more water than the other camels, but they get to their uh, location or the destination a lot faster. And so once they get there, and and it's it's a scripture, I wish I could remember the scripture, I could get to you guys later on and you could share it again, but uh, uh, he's talking about where uh, the camels actually get on their knees, and what they do is they roll the burden off the camel. And that's what we're called to do: is to roll our burdens off to Christ at the cross. We're not—we're not called to carry any burden, any weight. You know, I've never heard of uh, of of expeditions going and looking for a a group of sheep to carry their burdens for them. You know, it's camels or donkeys or mules, but sheep were never meant to carry the burden. And so what we need to learn is just to roll off that burden, whatever it may be, on Christ. Maybe it's a bad habit that's bringing condemnation and, 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 uh, and shame, uh, whatever it may be. You know, we are overcomers. You can overcome whatever you're going through, but we just have to roll it off and, and, and lay that burden at the cross and let Jesus carry that weight, carry that burden, and he's already carried the shame for us.
1: Yeah, I heard uh, my mentor one time in a sermon said, and when we see ourselves for who we really are, the only righteous posture is to be on our knees. And it's kind of how you said yes. with the camel, when it gets on our knees, we sometimes try to fight the battles standing up. We try to use our own weapons. We try to conquer things on our own. And the 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 gospel gets more beautiful the more you realize how we can't do that and how really helpless we are on our own we're kind of these just helpless little creatures here who need christ in order to do anything especially to conquer and lead and to do these sorts of things and that's why on our knees we become the most powerful because as christ told paul uh, the apostle paul my grace is all you need my power works best in
2: weakness yes amen love it love it
0: yeah and and i think
2: that's go for it all okay.
0: Um, but it's like, you know, you see all those posts on social media saying, Oh, you're enough. You're enough. Hashtag you're enough. And, and this is something Peyton has actually um, preached before. But um, the, the the hard truth is, is you're not. But with Christ, he is enough for you. So you don't have yeah. to be enough. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be perfect. Because we're not perfect. Right. And we can never right. be. No how hard never. We strive. But yeah. that's, that's just such a relief that you don't have to live up to that perfect expectation. You aren't enough and that's something that should be relieving Yep, because you don't have to be
2: yes yeah i think that that's so such a great analogy man because i think there's so many people that that blame god oh god's trying to uh uh, get me because i didn't pray this morning or or uh, i did this or i missed that and you know god's not out to punish us man god's out to bless us god's out to use our lives for his son's glory and so we, we just need to remember that, that our lives bring glory to Jesus and, and just strive for, there's, there's no shame, there's no condemnation, and uh, my life has been paid for uh, uh, by the blood of Jesus. And But here's the thing is, I have to make the most of it too. You know, I, I need to make my life count. Uh, there was an old soldier, well you guys, uh, I, I'm sure you guys uh, saw the movie or, or heard about Saving Private Ryan. And here are all these men, you know, that risked their life to get him home. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that he asked his, his wife as he's at the grave of these men, he says, did my life count? Did my life, did I make my life count? And um, I, I was just reading about a little boy who, who uh, uh, his dad was a sergeant and saved uh, uh, another sergeant's life. Uh, but he lost his life. He he died in the process. And so he goes to uh, the sergeant's funeral and his little boy is there and he gives him a hug. He says, uh, 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 I just want to thank you. Your Your daddy saved my life. And the little boy looks at him and says, were you worth it? And so you know, that's a, 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 a tough statement coming from a little boy that just lost his dad. But, you know, was I worth it? Are you worth it, Peyton? Are you worth it in God's eyes? Yes, we were. We are. We are the most valuable thing on planet Earth. We're the most valuable thing in God's eyes. So valuable that he gave his only son to die on Calvary's cross for our sins so that we won't have to live in that condemnation and that shame. So that, that was perfectly said, Oliver. That, that was awesome, man. So you guys you just guys have some great analogies, man. So that's, that's real good stuff, man. Real good. I think this is going to edify a lot of people out there.
1: You, you kind of hit the nail on the head because you're right. We love analogies. We've used so many over the years well I guess it's been a year and a half or so since we started this podcast and you kind of finished it because when I've talked about before like you're not enough and when we brought that analogy up before the other part of it is you're not enough but you are worth it because even though we're not we're we're not worth it we're we're not worthy ourselves we're not enough ourselves we were obviously worth it because Christ still died for us while we were still
2: sinners so we were worth it
1: to him obviously so there's something valuable about
2: us yes Very valuable. Like I said, you're the most valuable thing on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. I can never pay for anything. I can never pay for my sins. I can never. So what, what you guys with Oliver, Just that was great. But we also, I, I just don't like when people say, I'm so worthless. I'm, no, you're not. You're not <laughs> worthless. You, You are the most valuable thing in the world in God's eyes. I mean, think about this, man. Watching your own son get crucified. Actually, go back a little bit. Watching your son get beaten mm-hmm. and flogged, I mean, that's that was painful, man. That's, I'm looking at this. You know, scientists are now starting to say that, that are, have researched it and have uh, studied it that you could actually see parts of, parts of, part of his bones, his ribs, because all the meat that was torn off. Mm-hmm. And so that's how valuable we are in God's eyes. And so that's why I made it my life goal to to just add value to people's lives and show them, man, you're so valuable in God's eyes, and don't don't let the devil discourage you. No matter what you're going through, whatever you've done, it's under the blood if you give your life to Christ. But whatever you're going through right now, don't live in the circumstance. Live in the outcome. The outcome is victory in Christ Jesus.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people don't comprehend. What that really means, you could, you could sit here and tell somebody Christ died for you a million times a day, and they still wouldn't process that. Like there's a there's a difference between knowing something and realizing something, right? Um, but once you sit down and really realize that the God of the universe and everything gave His Son, His Son's life for you. God died for you. That's just it's mind blowing once you sit down and think about it just how valuable the blood of a God is your worth.
1: Yes, and you know, it it, it is really hard to comprehend, but there's one example I can think that reminds us that it's actually in a way, it is comprehensible because it's it's a simple message. You just summed up the gospel in a way. And there's a sermon I saw recently that's really stuck with me. And it's this pastor, I can't remember who it was. It's a pretty famous sermon. And he's talking about the thief on the cross. And the thief on the cross, he asks you to imagine the moment he gets to heaven. And he gets up to heaven and he's he's standing at the gates. And all the people ask this man who is a criminal who is being crucified, how did you get here? Did you keep the Ten Commandments? Do you know salvation by justification and sanctification? Do you know the gospel message? Do you know all this? And he just looks at them and says, I don't know any of that. All I know is that the man on the middle cross said I could come. And that's just like, oh, Oh. (laughs) it's so good (laughs) because exactly like you said, it's, it's hard for us to understand because it's actually simple in a way. There's some people I've seen who are so intellectual and so up here in their brain that they can't comprehend the gospel because it's too simple. (laughs) Yeah. God died for you. And the thief on the cross understood that he understood this guy, what he's doing is important and I want to be a part of it.
2: That's all he understood. Yeah. And he was saved. Yep. Yeah. And you know, I think a great example is, is, is we, uh, we celebrate Memorial Day every year here in the United States. And we're celebrating the death of men that most of us never knew. You know, Some of us might have relatives that, that died in, in one of the wars or so forth, but we're honoring the memory of these fallen soldiers. And the reason being because they allowed us to keep our freedoms. Okay. And so and using that analogy, that's what Christ did. But he expanded that freedom to eternity. And he He died. You, you, you don't know him right now if you're not saved. But he died so that you could have freedom. He says, while you were still out partying and doing the things that you were doing, Christ was already dying on the cross. He said he knew who you were going to be. And he said, you know what? I still... I, I still, gonna, I'm, I'm still going to die for him. I still going to, I love him. I'm going to die for them. And so, when when he died, that gift was given, and it's right here in front of people's faces. And it comes back to a simple decision: you can choose that free gift, or you can walk away and live. You know, one of the the the, the greatest stories that we'll never hear is about the rich young ruler. Here he had the opportunity, but walked away because he couldn't comprehend giving everything up for Christ. And in our reality, he wasn't going to give up anything. He was going to gain eternity. And yet, his mindset was so minimal, so small, that he turned away eternity with Christ for the small things that he had in this world,
0: yeah, that's that's the other thing is, as humans, it's it's impossible to comprehend eternity, how how long that really is, because it's eternity; it goes on forever. I remember um, it was a sermon by Pastor Omar, and he brought out a rope, and the rope had a little bit of red tape at the end, and he said, "This this little portion of the rope, this is our lives. This is the part that we know, and then the rest of the rope." It went out the door, it went all over everywhere, and he said, that is eternity, and that's the time we're going to be spending with Christ, and that's what Christ brought for us. And so right. that analogy, it just kind of blew my mind, because it's, like I said, it's incomprehensible, but showing that that image really kind of helps you understand just how big eternity is. You yeah.
1: know, we could keep the analogies going all day, because it helps us understand, right? Because like we are talking about with the simplicity and the complicated nature of the gospel. It, it we as human beings want to simplify it so we create analogies i mean i've i've spoken to kids about the gospel before too and to help kids understand it one of the analogies you use is the gift and it, this episode's coming out in december so it, it's kind of the christmas season and especially yeah. now people can understand the free gift of salvation i think one time what i did is i got this audience of kids who was at a school and i was doing like a week of prayer and i just threw a bunch of candy out into the audience And then I asked the kids, I said, did you do anything to earn that candy? You didn't get good grades or anything like that. I just gave it to you, and it's a free gift. And that's all it took. They understood it. And we came back the next day and asked them, and they knew what we had talked about because they remembered it because we explained to them it's a free gift. You don't do something to earn it. And and that's so relieving because there are so many worldviews and religions out there that teach that you have to check X, Y, and Z to be saved. But Christianity and the gospel and the Bible tells us that it's not its not a, a checklist. There's one check and it says believe in me. Trust in me. Believe in what he did on that cross and you're saved. Everything else works it out from there. Like on that rope you described, Oliver, for eternity. Everything works us out the rest of the way on the rope. we The, the red part is the starting point.
2: Yeah. Hey, you know, just to add to what you guys just said, man, it was such, such a great conversation. It's is people don't I I used to think people like simplicity people don't like simplicity (laughs) Uh, honestly if you think about it think about it they love religion religion brings rules and regulations and they feel you know what as long as I do these things I'm okay and Jesus says simply believe it's real simple you know here here you have airpods open take out put in your ear it works but how many that that's too simple where's the wire it, this is not going to work. This is too, and so people complicate the, the simple things, and people have complicated the gospel. And the gospel, the gospel is so simple. And, and Peyton, you summarized it earlier with the thief on the cross. I simply, the guy told me to, to that I'll see him today, and here I am. Yeah, he he had to believe. He simply had to believe that 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 he was Christ and he was being truthful in what was happening there. But that's all the Bible says: is, is only believe, and and same thing. If we, you've been a Christian for a long time, He says only believe. All things are possible to them that believe. And so it's not just you know people that aren't are, are away from Christ, but even Christians, man. If we could just simply believe Christ, what what things can we do? We could reach the world for Christ. We really could. You guys can have so much impact and, and I told this and I, I got a couple minutes left guys because I, I have to I have another meeting going on. but I tell people this all the time challenge God for the next thirty days, tell them what you want set a goal of God, I need this you know one of my goals for for the the first uh, my first year out of church I wanted uh, we started church in twenty twenty two I said, God, I want to be able to start three connect groups or two connect groups uh, uh, I'm sorry one connect group by the first year and three by the by the second year and we we already have two connect groups and we're working on the third one right now. but I set those goals because God said test me and see that I am good, but most people don't challenge god don't 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 uh, allow God to stretch them out. And uh, if you allow God just to stretch you, and if you get on your knees, like you said earlier, Peyton, on your knees and and begin to establish that relationship with God, you know what? I'm going to believe you for this and this. And God, this is all. I'm going to contend and fight for this because I'm believing you for great things. Who knows? Uh, uh, Guys, I have people in India and Africa and and, uh, um, in Europe listening to our sermons on Sunday. It, it's just an incredible thing, dude. But, you know, that's the power of the gospel. When you think big, God says, "Ooh, I could use this guy. Because, I know mean, we serve a big God that's very creative, very imaginative. And, and uh, he said, I- I'm looking for people that, 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 that want to do great things, uh, uh, that will allow the Holy Spirit to do great things in their lives to bring glory to my son, Jesus. And I'm believing that for you guys, man, is, is that you you never know that, there, but there's going to be people around the world that probably is already going to be listening to you guys' this podcast, and you're going to say that that one sentence or those words that they needed to hear at that moment's time. I believe that for you guys.
0: Wow! Thank you so much for that. That that's awesome. We 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 hope for that too. That's that's the main goal of this podcast is to. To reach those who maybe haven't heard the word before or just need to hear a conversation about it so that's that's the dream that's the goal.
1: yeah and, and the beautiful thing about it is, is as, as we discussed what we're saying here what we're doing here this kind of conversations it's not about us and it's not about what we're able to do because we're just vessels we're just sitting here and we're saying, God, yep. I, I, I'm not able to reach anybody with this message, but you can reach everybody with this message. And I trust that even if you just reach one person, that's enough. But you could reach hundreds, if not thousands. We have no control over what our ministries produce because he creates the fruit. We water seeds, but he makes it grow. And that, that's a, a burden off our shoulders that we don't have to do it. And he does it through us.
2: Yep. Amen. 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 Yeah, it's good a, stuff, man.
0: I think that's a good place to uh, sort of land the plane here. We don't want to keep you for too long, Pastor David.
2: But, but <laughs> no just
0: just real quick, where can people find you if they want to reach out?
2: Uh, they could go to our website at reachpnw.net or they can spell it out reachpacificnorthwest.net or dot com. Uh, the reachpnw is reach dot, I'm sorry. Yeah. Reachpnw dot net and then reach or they could go on Facebook and just David Tirina, and they could, they could find me on there. Um, but you know what? My closing word would be, if who's ever watching this, give the Jesus that we're talking about 30 days, and he'll change and transform your entire life. If not, you could call us up and say, yeah, you guys are liars. Christ did nothing in my life. Uh, this is not real. But that's, that's how confident I know and am in my God, that you give him 30 days, he'll transform and change your entire life.
0: Amen. Wow. Yeah. But God, nothing is impossible. So, hey, right. thanks so much for Pastor David T. Arena for being on the show. And thank you guys for listening and watching. Hopefully, we'll catch you on the next one. God bless. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Faith Talk. Check us out on all of our socials. That'll be
1: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok,
0: and all the above. We also are on YouTube. And subscribe to all our channels, you know, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, things like that. And be sure to check out our merch store. It not only supports us, but it helps us bring you higher quality content.
1: Yeah, and remember, we got a weekly word on Wednesday
0: every week on Get This Wednesday. And episodes come out first of the month. Thanks so much for watching. Hopefully we'll catch you on the next one. God bless.